It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs. Today is Wednesday, December 23rd. And we are looking at playoff scenarios and potential outcomes for your Miami Dolphins. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. As we enter week 16 of the 2020 NFL season, one thing that I'm really interested in outside of just the playoff race for the Miami Dolphins is the race to be the NFL's number one scoring defense. The Dolphins currently hold that lead, having allowed just 257 points through 14 games this season. When was the last time the Miami Dolphins were the league's number one scoring defense? You have to go all the way back to 1998, in which the 10-6 Miami Dolphins allowed 265 points through 16 full games. The odds are fairly safe that the Dolphins will not pitch shutouts in their final two games of the season against the Las Vegas Raiders and the Buffalo Bills this season. So the Dolphins this year will probably give up more points than that 1998 team, but the race is not against the 1998 Miami Dolphins. The race is against teams like the Los Angeles Rams and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Pittsburgh is a touchdown behind the Dolphins in scoring defense at this point in time, uh, and the Los Angeles Rams are just 12 points behind the Miami Dolphins, 257 points allowed. But you look at the two teams that each of those teams has left to play, And there's a reasonable chance that the Dolphins actually do finish the season with the NFL's number one scoring defense, despite the fact that they have to play the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo week 17, a team that uh, put 31 on the Dolphins in week two, especially if the Bills have the two seed clinched. And we'll get into those scenarios a little bit later on the show and the Raiders this week, uh, because the Rams closed the season with the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. Two high-powered offenses, plenty of scoring power, good, dynamic skill players around stud quarterbacks. The Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, they closed the season against the Indianapolis Colts and the Cleveland Browns. Remember not that long ago when Pittsburgh was 11-0 and Mike Tomlin was your lock for coach of the year? Fun times, right? Pittsburgh's lost three in a row, and now they have to close the season against Indianapolis and Cleveland. And Cleveland could be chasing them down for a division title come Week 17. We kept waiting on the Browns to lose as a chance for like the Dolphins to kind of gain some ground in the conference standings. It never happened. So now we're sitting here, and, and there's there's kind of this... We as Dolphins fans have to root for the team that we're trying to pass in the standings in the Indianapolis Colts. 
because the easiest path for Miami to make the playoffs, you just win both your games. Well, the easiest way for that to happen involves the Buffalo Bills clinching the two seed in Week 16, and the way they do that involves the Colts beating the Steelers. And if that happens, then odds are pretty strong that Miami is well on their way to finishing the year with the best scoring defense in the NFL. So kind of an interesting subplot that maybe is only pertinent to me, and and I really enjoyed hearing all the Dolphins players and media availability this week come out and just kind of like hammer the Pro Bowl process that the NFL's best scoring defense has only one Pro Bowl player and how outrageous they think that is. Uh, Because it is outrageous. And, And Emmanuel Agba definitely deserved a spot. You can make a case. Pro Football Focus has started Bobby McCain as uh, giving up three receptions this year, <laughs> like 400-some snaps. But, you know, Xavier Howard himself made the point that, like, players get slept on in Miami. That's kind of just the way it is. Whatever. Maybe the Pro Bowl voting can be the latest catalyst for the Dolphins to to kind of channel their best effort and finish this thing off and have the league's number one scoring defense uh, – and, and part of the reason why it's so fascinating to me is, remember, the Dolphins gave up 494 points last year. That's the most a Dolphins team has ever given up in a single season in the history of the franchise. And in one offseason, you can turn around and have the number one scoring defense? Sheesh! Let's hope the offense follows anywhere near that caliber of script this offseason as well. Uh, speaking of the defense, one other thing before we get into playoff scenarios... Armando Salguero of the Miami Herald reporting yesterday that uh, there is some anticipation that Dolphins cornerback Xavier Howard will be looking to renegotiate his contract this offseason after you know a very strong campaign at the very least to claim NFL Defensive Player of the Year, an award that you'd have a hard time selling me personally on any other choice. Xavier Howard has, has been sublime this year. He's been better than Stephon Gilmore was last year when Stephon Gilmore won the award. Uh of course, the interesting part of this is Xavier Howard just signed a contract like 18 months ago, and it was at the time the richest cornerback contract uh, in the NFL. Uh, and over the course of the past year and a half, uh, he is no longer even the most highly paid corner on his own team. And that is ammunition that that Howard's camp is likely looking to angle, seeing Jalen Ramsey go out and get $20 million per season. Howard logging nine interceptions and counting. Uh, There's a chance we'll see a couple more (laughs) before the end of the season. Uh, Nine interceptions thus far this season. Uh, Looking to get back into uh, the top of the market share, especially because there was a rapid acceleration in the cornerback market uh, the offseason after Howard signed his deal. How should we feel about this? Xavier Howard has every right to desire to be compensated as one of the NFL's best corners. I wouldn't necessarily be like, yo, I'm better than this dude on my own team and he's getting paid more than me. I don't know if I would necessarily play that card. And that's not to say that the Howard camp will. But if you're the Dolphins, I think the flexibility is more important than the cash. So if Xavier Howard is interested in renegotiating his contract that allows the Dolphins to make sure they are paying for production on the field and not for the production of 2020, then let's make a deal. From the Dolphins' perspective, going from 15.5 to, say, $19 million annual average salary, that is not going to break the Dolphins' plans for the future. And if Xavier Howard gives you this level of play, 
year in and year out, he's worth the money. The challenge is Xavier Howard has had some durability issues, and that's why I really liked the way the Dolphins structured the contract extension that they initially gave to Xavier Howard, because it's tied to a lot of incentives. And the guaranteed money was all in the early portions of the contract. So, do we want to put performance escalators in here for added bonuses to add a higher ceiling? Do we want to put snap count escalators in here to make sure if you're on the field, we're paying you more? If that's the case, then let's get this thing done. There's no sense in creating ill will or bad blood, and I don't think that will necessarily be the case. Xavier uh, Howard, you know, taking that contract, you know, when he was on a rookie deal, you'd be a fool to not take that contract. But Xavier Howard has outperformed the contract that he signed 18 months ago, and and the Dolphins, you know, you want to reward the players that buy into your program let's make sure we take care of Xavier Howard because Xavier Howard's taking care of you right now. Um, if this becomes an unrealistic ask, like where do we put our foot down? If we're talking $21, $22 million annual average salary, uh, then yeah, now you're talking about a sizable discrepancy. You're, you're talking about a $6 million, $7 million annual average salary player. You're talking about not being able to afford to sign another player like Emmanuel Agba, who signed a two-year $15 million deal. That's where it gets a little kind of sketchy. Now, the Dolphins have long-term flexibility. I would expect they'll manage to find common ground and get something done, or Xavier Howard will hold out, ultimately not get the deal that he wants, and then decide it's time to play when it's time to get on on the field and, and earn your paychecks, and then come back to the bargaining table again after 2021. So it's kind of just a subplot to watch, something to keep in the back of your minds. Uh, it's hard to say how advanced this really is, but Armando Soguero of the Miami Herald did have a pretty substantial story that ran this week discussing Howard and his camp's intentions to get the Dolphins back to the bargaining table after the 2020 season has come to a close. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, a breakfast on the go, something post-workout, or just like delicious things, Built Bar can fill the void for you. And best of all, Built Bar doesn't just taste good, it blows the nutritional facts of your typical protein bar out of the water. It's got 200 calories per bar or less, up to 20 grams of protein per bar, 18 delicious flavors to choose from, and one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. So if you're looking for a change-up in your diet, visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you can save 20% off your next order of Built Bar. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to save 20% and find out what all the fuss is about. For yourself. It is Wednesday here on Locked On Dolphins, but a reminder that the Dolphins are playing on Saturday night this week. So we are a day closer to game day, which means we are a day closer to some more Miami Dolphins action. And if you're looking to get in on some betting action pertaining to the Miami Dolphins or the NFL regular season or the NFL playoffs, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. 
Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when you sign up on BetOnline.ag to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As things currently stand in the AFC conference landscape, according to 538, uh, the Miami Dolphins have a 32% chance to make the postseason at this point in time. That is effectively, those are the odds that the Dolphins win out and take care of their business. Uh, For added perspective, if the Dolphins were to lose either one of their two remaining games, if they lose to the Las Vegas Raiders, those odds go from 32% to 7%. If they lose in week 17 to the Bills, they go from 32% to 17%. But of course, you got to play week 16 before week 17. So any loss at this point is going to cripple the Dolphins' playoff aspirations. You almost have to make the postseason 11-5. So let's assume the Dolphins get there. Let's assume the Dolphins beat the Las Vegas Raiders, and let's assume the Buffalo Bills do clinch the two-seed this weekend, and decide to sit their players week 17. What does that look like? So we need the Buffalo Bills to defeat the New England Patriots in week 16. We need the Green Bay Packers to defeat the Tennessee Titans in week 16. And we need the Pittsburgh Steelers to lose to the Indianapolis Colts in week 16. Those things happen. And the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, beat the Atlanta Falcons and moved them to 14, and and there's no questions asked. The Buffalo Bills at 12 and 3 will be locked into the two seed because they have a head to head tiebreaker over the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Tennessee Titans will be 10 and 5. They will be out of striking distance to secure a win to move into a tie and utilize their own head to head tiebreaker over the Buffalo Bills. Bills head coach Sean McDermott has said he does think it is important to play for playoff positioning. So if the Bills have something to gain, i.e. the two-seed, i.e. missing Kansas City for as long as possible in the bracket, i.e. home field advantage for anybody other than Kansas City instead of having to, quote-unquote, go to Pittsburgh and play, even though there's no fans in the stands. Nevertheless, having to travel disrupts your game day flow. Buffalo will play for those kinds of benefits. So if we can avoid that this weekend, Miami wins, Titans lose, Steelers lose, Bills win, Chiefs win. Those three things happen, and it makes this assumption a lot easier to get to that, yes, the Dolphins will beat the Bills in Week 17 and run the table because the Bills are going to run out like Matt Barkley as their starting quarterback. Okay, I'd like to think the NFL's number one scoring defense can handle playing Matt Barkley. So let's say we get there. What are the preferred outcomes for matchups for the Miami Dolphins to have to face. Because you are inevitably, if you're 11-5, and 
you could be anywhere from the seven seed all the way up to the five seed, depending on what happens between now and the end of the season. I don't think the Dolphins are going to be the five. I think the Dolphins will be the six or seven, and it kind of depends on how the rest of the season plays out for some of these teams like the Cleveland Browns, who have something to play for, like the Indianapolis Colts. You know, what do they do in week 17? So that's what I'd like to kind of focus on as far as the remaining schedules, what the preferable outcome is, who I would like to face if I were the Dolphins going in to the playoffs this season. So let's kind of explore some of these hypotheticals. The Green Bay versus Tennessee game this weekend is important to the Dolphins for more ways than one. Because if the Dolphins do run the table and they get to 11-5 and and they make the postseason, the most attractive draw, in my opinion, for a team to face in the first round would probably be the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are a very good football team. Uh, but you look at the way the Colts are constructed and Phillip Rivers and, first of all, his lack of postseason success, right? Uh, But I'm not imposed by the passing attack of the Indianapolis Colts to the same degree in which I am imposed by uh, the passing attack of what you see from Tennessee when they're really clicking or the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Dolphins' secondary and defense can have a great deal of success against the Indianapolis Colts. So what I've done is I went through and I picked all the, uh, assuming that the Bills clinching the two-seed scenario played out, I went through and I picked the rest of the games to see what outcome I came up with. And the the outcome that I came up with is the one seed is the Kansas City Chiefs. They finished the season 15-1. The two-seed is the Buffalo Bills at 12-4. The three-seed ends up being the Indianapolis Colts who run the table, which means they beat the Steelers or they beat the Steelers this weekend. And then they have Jacksonville at home week 17. Two winnable games. If that happens and the Titans lose to Green Bay, the division is over. The Colts will be at 12 and 4, the AFC South champions and the 3 seed. Pittsburgh at 12 and 4 would then be the 4 because I did pick them to beat the Cleveland Browns week 17. What does that mean for Miami? Miami finishes behind Tennessee who's 11 and 5. But they finish ahead of the Ravens because they have a conference tiebreaker over the Ravens. And the Browns at 11 and 5 are the one that are dropped and miss the playoffs. This is a possibility for the Cleveland Browns that I just can't fathom. And the Browns are like the one team and fan base in the AFC who's like more tortured than Dolphins fans are. So, like, you could totally see this happening, right? Browns, they have their best season in forever. Stefanski's in running for coach of the year. They win next week to move themselves against the New York Jets to 11-4. They play for the division title, and they lose, and they're out of the playoffs. Pittsburgh doesn't have that skin in the game for Week 17 in this scenario. If Pittsburgh were to lose, they would own the tiebreaker over the Ravens because they beat the Ravens twice. So that's how I have predicted just kind of looking through everything that is to transpire. Assuming the Dolphins run the table and in this scenario, I'm just picking every other game to the best of my ability. The Dolphins would be going to Indianapolis to play indoors in the wild card round to face the Colts. Please tell me everybody remembers who the Dolphins last playoff victory 
came against. That's right, the Indianapolis Colts. This was the uh, Lamar Smith game in 2000 in which they rushed as a team for 258 yards. Lamar Smith had 206 yards rushing and um, carried the ball 40 times. Wouldn't that be nice and poetic to get off the monkey off their back as it pertains to playoff victories by beating the same team that they last defeated? And reminder, this Dolphins team defeated the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis in 2019. So that would be a preferable matchup. The doomsday, not doomsday, the worst case scenario in my eyes is having to go to Buffalo twice in two weeks. That's tough travel. That's tough weather conditions. Buffalo is, unfortunately, if we're being honest, a really good football team. We can't pretend that they're not. That would be brutal, especially because Buffalo would sit back and kind of just pay attention to how the Dolphins attack, what pieces of their starting lineup are still in. They'd get two looks at the Dolphins this season before having to play a third time, and they were at home, and the Bills get effectively a week of rest for their primary starters. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You cannot find me a least attractive option than Miami running the table, getting to 11-5, and five, and having to play the Buffalo Bills in, week, uh, in the wildcard round. I could take all the conditions that I picked and I could change the outcome of one week 16 game and make the Steelers beat the Colts in week 16, in which case the Dolphins have a much more difficult proposition to beat the Bills, but can still beat the Bills in week 17. They just won't get the the starters for Buffalo being sat. And the Dolphins are now the five seed at 11 and five. And the AFC South in this scenario has three representatives, the Steelers, Ravens, and Browns, all make the playoffs. The Colts at 11-5 and are the team that gets bounced and bumped. And in that scenario, the Dolphins play the other AFC South opponent, the Tennessee Titans. And this Tennessee Titans team is not an ideal matchup for Miami just because think about how New England had success running the football the first time they played. Think about how the Denver Broncos had success running the football against the Dolphins and turn that up to 11. Because Derrick Henry and this Titans rushing offense is an absolute bear. Would it be fun to face Ryan Tannehill in the playoffs? Yes. Wouldn't be as fun if the Dolphins lost. And from a uh, playoff environment perspective, being a road team, Indianapolis, which was the first scenario we covered, is about the best case scenario place you could play. Tennessee is the second best play scenario that you could play. So just kind of reading the tea leaves and looking at where everybody lines up with their remaining schedules, assuming the Dolphins take care of business and they do get into the playoffs, they have very good chance to play in not adverse conditions. 
Now, if they end up the seven and they have to go to the two, which is Buffalo, which would require a lot of gymnastics, uh, that's tough. If they got to go to Pittsburgh and play Pittsburgh, I would welcome the chance to play Pittsburgh's offense, uh, and I would love to end Minka Fitzpatrick's season. But that environment in Pittsburgh is a difficult one to play, and that's why for Miami, you know, moving forward, having home field advantage and making all these cold-weather teams come south uh, is an important pursuit for the Dolphins to aspire to get uh, because the travel is significant. And as Miami and their team matures and gets better, they have to start seasons faster Remember the early 2000s Dolphins? They always started the seasons well and took advantage of that home field advantage. Now they faded down the stretch, and the Dolphins of of now need to avoid that fading down the stretch. But the home field thing for Miami and and in the playoffs is a tough sell when you have to go play outside in some of these uh, Great Lakes cities like Buffalo and Pittsburgh and Cleveland potentially. They're hard sells. And Kansas City, we know, can get frigid cold in the Midwest. So I'm encouraged just kind of by picking through the scenarios to find, okay, you know, the most likely based on picking the games, assuming it falls a certain way as far as just a handful of games, is Indianapolis. And the next most likely is Tennessee. I feel pretty good about that. You You feel good about your chances in facing Indianapolis. Tennessee, at least it's not brutally cold weather. I do think stopping the Titans' run game will be a major issue for the Dolphins. Um, But can you make Ryan Tannehill look like the Ryan Tannehill that he was when he was in Miami for all those years? And if that's the case, you might be able to sneak out a road win in the playoffs. And what gets interesting is in the scenario in which the Steelers uh, are the two seed and the Dolphins are the five and go to Tennessee— the Dolphins being the five seed, you have a chance to host a home game after that. Because what happens if you go through and the Dolphins upset the Titans and you somehow miraculously see uh, the Ravens upset the Bills and the Browns upset the Steelers? If every road team won in the wildcard round, the Dolphins as the five, they'd be hosting the Ravens in that scenario in the second round. So you never know. You know, Miami might not be done with home games. It feels unlikely. It would buck conventional wisdom to get there, but it's not impossible. So if I had to rank the teams in contention for a playoff spot, who I would most like to play to least like to play, we're going to include Steelers, Browns, Ravens, Titans, Colts, Bills, and Chiefs. I would least like to play the Kansas City Chiefs. I would most like to play the Baltimore Ravens. I think this roster is flawed. They have incurred a lot of uh, injuries as far as some of their critical pieces. They are looking really good right now, but that's because they have played uh, some cupcake. They played Dallas and Jacksonville the last two weeks. Uh, They lost to New England and looked bad doing so. They lost to the Titans and looked bad doing so. They lost to the Steelers twice and looked bad doing so. Um, I would most like to play the Ravens, who are the team that the Dolphins are least likely to play, of course, and and would not play um, until at least the the divisional round of the playoffs. 
The Colts are probably the next most preferable team that I would like to play, followed by the Steelers, and then the Browns, Titans, Bills, and then Chiefs. And the reason why the Browns are high and the Titans are high on my least like to preferred list is because they are teams that are persistent in running the football. And the blueprint that was put out by Denver is a little unsettling as far as Miami consistently having the formula to stop that on a week-in and week-out basis. I would rather face teams with washed quarterbacks that like to try and sling the ball all over the field, like Indianapolis, like Pittsburgh, than try to face teams like Tennessee and Cleveland who are going to persistently play action, you pound the rock and run the ball down your throat, and then suck your linebackers up and hit you behind We have two more shows this week. I don't care if there's a holiday on Friday. Locked on Dolphins churns on. We got to talk about how we're going to beat the Las Vegas Raiders this week. So hit subscribe on the podcast. Come back and see me again soon. Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for listening. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. And I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.